Good afternoon. It's December 17th again, and I'm going to release this on a different day, but I wanted to go ahead and continue on with this study in found in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and we're looking at the prayer of Hannah, and I wanted to bring out some more things, and I have to apologize because I said that this was a short chapter, and someone brought to my attention that it has 36 verses. Now, to some of us people that like to study, study all the time, 36 Versus is not that long to us, but it, it could be, it, it can be kind of a lot, a longer chapter. Um, but I believe that uh, we're going to be able to get through this and you'll see that there's so much, you know, information in just these 36 verses. That's why I broke it up. So when I left off um, earlier, I was, I had stopped at verse nine. And so I'm going to pick up at verse 10, 11, 12 13 and i'm going to go all the way down into 17 because i'm i don't really want to stop on certain thing of the on every single verse i'm just trying to bring out what has been revealed to me in this passage so i'm going to go ahead and uh, with no further ado we're going to start go ahead with verse 10 okay i'm sorry let's start with verse 9 he will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. Verse 10. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces out of heaven. Shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth. And he shall give strength unto his, his king. And exalt the horn of his anointed. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house. And the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man of when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servants came while the flesh was in seething with a, a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. And he struck it into the pan, our kettle, our cauldron, our pot, all that, all that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came there. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have Sodom flesh of, of you but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat priestly, I'm sorry, presently, and then take as much as they thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, No. But thou shalt give it to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Verse 17. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men, for the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. So I wanted to stop at verse 18 for this particular study, because so much has happened. We kind of took and focused away from Hannah and and what was going on with Samuel at this point. And now we're looking at a contrast of the people that were currently in that office and what they were up to. And I want to go, what really caught my eye when I was reading through this, well, a lot of the things did, but really caught my eye was verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Now, Eli was in that office and his descendants, of course, 
back, you know, even a lot of times in our, in our, in our society, um, when you're, when a family has already been coming from a long history of something, they usually try to pass that down to their kids. And in this case, you know, Eli, he had this high, high esteemed position and, uh, the Lord, you know, had honored, basically they were not honoring the Lord in this position. Um, because Eli, as the high priest, he should have been correcting this behavior in his sons because he was and later on, you're going to find out in this passage that he was aware of what was going on. And unfortunately he did not correct these sons, these children of his. And, um, and it, it, it was just really unfortunate because it sounds like Eli himself was, was doing the, was doing all the things that he knew to do. And so he was not a part of their, he was not a part of the stuff that they were doing, but indirectly he was because he was getting reports back of the things they were doing and he didn't come in and and put a stop to it. And so um, then it gives some information here about what the custom was and what was, what was supposed to be done before meat was sacrificed unto the Lord. And that was a serious, serious ceremony because not only was the priest atoning for his own personal sins, he also was supposed to be a representative of the sins of everyone in the camp. So when this so when this meat was not being handled correctly and prepared correctly before and then really um there's just so many other things that was out of order with, the, with what was going on in these next few verses with how they were handling this um meat for the sacrifice or for the sacrificial offerings um it was really really uh surprising that you know the Lord had so much mercy and of course we find out later that his sons were struck down um, I believe I want. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think it was during an offering. I'm gonna find out and get back to that. But right now, so I did find in the scriptures where Eli's sons were killed, and it's found in First Samuel chapter four. The Philistines captured the ark. And starting at verse 4, So the people sent men to Shiloh, and they brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were, were, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord entered the camp, all the Israelites raised such a great shout that it shook the ground. On hearing the noise of the shout, the Philistines asked, What is this loud shouting in the camp of the Hebrews? And when they realized that the ark of the Lord had entered the camp, the Philistines were afraid. The gods have entered the, their camp, they said. Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Take courage, you Take courage and be men, O Philistines, otherwise you will serve the Hebrews just as they served you. Now be men and fight. Verse 10, So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and each man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Thirty thousand foot soldiers of Israel fell. The ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Okay, so um, as it goes on, it talks about how Eli gets the news and he falls backward from his chair and that's how he breaks his note his neck and dies instantly 
Um, and it says that he had been the judge for Israel for 40 years at the time. Then, if things couldn't get any worse, Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phoenix, was pregnant and about to give birth. When she heard the news of the capture of God's ark and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband, she collapsed and gave birth for her labor pains overtook her. As she was dying, the woman attending to her said, Do not despair, for you have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any heed. And she named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God has been captured and her father-in-law and her husband have been killed. The glory, verse 22, The glory has departed from Israel, she said, for the ark of God has been captured. So, um, as we see, all these events happen simultaneously and it was instant. You know, um, so that the Lord had been patient, he had shown mercy, and now in an instant, the judgment has happened. And um, even this future child, um, the mother knew from everything, that had, all the events that had taken place, that the, even the birth of this child, she couldn't even really be in a celebration mode. She was more in a, you know, solemn mode because of um, all the things that had taken place on and during the same day of this child being born. So I want you to think about this for a second. I want to pose the question, why was it now necessary that little Samuel was right here in position being groomed to take over the position that was still need to be filled. And so um, I just thought that was amazing. It was just amazing to look at how the Lord just did that, how he set all that up and he set all that in motion so that the people would still have a leader um, and the people he was the Lord was still trying to give the people um, leadership that that was needed uh, so that they wouldn't understand to the best of their ability. They really understand what the Lord expected and what he required of his people so that they could stay blessed. And so I want you to think for a minute, too, about the question. Why did the Lord have to raise up? this small child from another family that wasn't even in necessarily in the priesthood uh, bloodline. You know, uh, if Samuel had stayed in his original family, he would more than likely not have been called to this type of an office. But the Lord uh, did a special, he did something special because he let the prayer of a desperate mother become the... Um, the beginning of a new person to come in and fill an office that needed to be filled and that was currently being mistreated, misabused, uh, misused, and all kind of, you know, things were going on. But the Lord was like, okay, I have trusted some people with this office and it's not being handled correctly. And I have a king that I'm going to send. Well, actually, he didn't send Saul as their king. They begged the Lord for a king because he wanted to be their king. He wanted, he wanted them to know that they could come to him directly and he wanted to be all they needed. But the people have begged, uh, the judges, they wanted, they, they wanted someone to rule over them. And so the Lord knew down the pipes of time that he was going to allow them to have rulership in the, in the form of a king. And so there's all these other people that have to be in place to 
assist the king, especially in a spiritual way, so that the people won't sin against the Lord. And so here we have a situation where the Lord made a special, a special, I, I, I'm trying to think of the right word. He, 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 he had to find the right person for that office. And currently, no one in Eli's line looked like they were going to be a good candidate for it. Not the grandsons, not anybody even coming after Eli, uh, starting with his children. So that is why it's so profound to me that Hannah seemed to kind of understand this. And I think Eli even understood it. Because let's look, let's look at verse 17. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with an, with an ephod. Verse 19, moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed El Elkanah and his wife and said, the Lord give you, give, I'm sorry, the Lord give the seed of this woman for the, for the loan which is lent to the Lord and they went into their own home. And so uh, then it talks about something, you know, how H Hannah had more children. But at this point, Samuel was her only baby. She didn't have anybody else to go home to. When she was visiting Samuel to bring him those little coats, she didn't have any children at the house. You know, she really, truly, I'm sure it was a very hard thing to a certain degree for her to um, trust the Lord fully but she knew that he was faithful and that he was able to give her more children and that's exactly what he did in verse 21 but getting back to verse 20 Eli blesses his parents uh, he blesses uh, Samuel's parents and he understands that this child is going to be used for the Lord's work and he's already at a young age doing doing such a good job and his spirit is so different and his mindset is so different from Eli's children that Eli knows okay you know that this is something this is something to this and so um I just thought that was very very interesting and then I, I want to go ahead and read verse 21 I'm in there because I don't want to make this too long and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters and the child Samuel grew before the Lord so shortly after, you know, she was visiting Samuel and coming to visit, you know, coming to see see him and everything, the Lord visited her and allowed her, you know, to continue to conceive other kids. Um, and I just, I just like that, I thought that was interesting at how it ends that verse saying, and the, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. And, I, and in some translations, it says that he gained favor with men, with God and men. And um, in this particular passage, it didn't say that part, but he, he basically, his countenance and everything about him was upright as much as it possibly could be in a human. You know, he wasn't Jesus, but he was definitely, um, sounds like from a young age, his countenance and everything was, was pleasing to the Lord. And so I just, I just wanted to bring that out in that part of the passage, um, and encourage us in, in thinking of thinking on those things is like uh one more thing that's coming to my mind about the situation is you know sometimes it seems like people are doing evil and in the church uh, i'm gonna come down that i'm gonna come down that street 
people are doing evil in the church, but then you're still playing games to a certain degree because they have their suits on on Sunday and they're talking about the Lord and his goodness and they're giving these good sermons. And not just the preacher. I'm talking about the, the greeters at the door. I'm talking about everybody that's phony on Sunday, but then, you know, their life's a mess and everybody that knows them personally knows that they're not really living right. And you're just kind of like, hmm, why isn't there, why aren't they getting in trouble with God? Like, how come nothing doesn't seem to be happening to them? Like, it seems like they're having a good life. They, you know, they're living in good, good homes. You know, they have good children or so to speak, you know, well-off children, well-off lifestyle. When, why is it that the people that are really doing the right thing are over here, you know, not living high on the hog as people would say and you know people have these kind of questions question marks even worldly people you know they have these kind of question marks about like man it just seems so unfair but then as this shows as this passage shows you we don't know what the lord is doing in behind the scenes and every dog is going to have his day because instantly one you know instantly judgment came upon the house of eli and this he and um samuel is even going to be the one to bring him the news and actually Samuel is more of a confirmation because there's going to be a visitor that comes and tells Eli uh what's going on I I don't know what he's referred to let me see what he's referred to that in this passage but the Lord's going to send visitors to Eli and let him know you know that it's a you know it's a wrap now you know you guys have had plenty of chances and opportunities to repent and it just hasn't happened and now the people, you know, they're they're leading the people astray. Not only are they sinning, but they're doing some things so openly that it's causing other people to stumble and in their walk. So um I just wanna I just want to encourage you in that too. Like sometimes, you know, in our society we see these same type of things uh play out. Sometimes we don't see the end of the of the situation, but we see the beginning and we're just like, Man, this seems like these people they're so phony baloney, but you know, they're not being, it doesn't seem like they're being judged by the Lord. Um, but you don't really know. You you don't know everything about these people. You know what I'm saying? You don't know um, how he could possibly already be trying to get their attention and give them some time to, he's having mercy on them and allowing them a chance to repent. Because uh, the Lord loves all of us, no matter, you know, rich, poor, and like, he loves us all. But um, believe me, their their day is coming because the Lord is nothing to play with. So, as we look at how he was raising up Samuel in the midst of this, the, 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 all these things that were happening, this child was um, sitting and learning from Eli the disciplines and the things that he should know because he did become the last judge of Israel. And so he, he, was, he was kind of like, a, he was definitely a priest. He had priestly duties, but he also had um, relational um, pool in the community because he also was wise you know people came to him and seeked him out so as i wrap this up for this week's um podcast on be a better human as we're looking over the life of eli and uh, looking at the beginning of a ministry of, of samuel we can look and see so many cute key things but I what I really want to leave on today is uh, for this week to think about is for whom much is given much is required and we have heard that scripture 
uh, before in the word and um i believe that this is very very evident in this in this story that much was given and much was also required of this family and um look think about what the lord has given us each of us you know it's so easy for us to look at other stories of you know how other people mishandled or misrepresented the lord but if we look in our own lives there's times where we fell short of the glory of god and as this child was named ichabod the glory has departed um and that and it was so significant because the ark of the covenant had been seized at the end of uh of this period of time and it took um some wars it took a lot of things to get the the ark of the covenant back to get the glory back and get the blessing back and so when we mishandle god's blessings when we we don't um show the lord the right reverence and do the right thing with the things that he has allowed us to have and uh we we sometimes lose sight of what's really important um in the process of that happening and the lord will give us mercy and grace and give us a chance to repent and come back and and get it right and i just can think in my own life how many times the lord has been able he's been so gracious towards me and um so so much has been given and so much is also required but it's an honor to serve god it's it's a privilege to be in the kingdom of god and so i just want to leave you with that thought um that too much is given much is required and i can't wait to continue on with this um this particular passage uh, next week and we will also sometime we'll also get together sometime this month it is now january so we'll be getting together on a zoom to discuss uh, a passage of scripture as well and i'll be giving that date next week um, of what they will be doing the zoom and the code and all that stuff so thank you again for tuning in and once again be a better human Thank you.